Welcome to Inside Jerks. Welcome! This is James. I'm hey, joined here Taylor. by Taylor. Sorry, you just said it. Sorry. No, no worries. No, apologies. I don't want to overstep things. I'm sorry. I'm... Hey. We're starting off on a great foot. What's yeah. happening today? Oh, not a whole lot. How's your day going? My day's just fine. I uh, woke up a little bit later than I wanted to just because I was up until about 5.30 with some creative ideas just constantly going through my head. And uh, so I woke up, you know, around 11 o'clock. I wanted to try and get up at 9.30 today. But other than that, things are fantastic. Working on some graphic projects and uh, just having some fun, enjoying this nice weather today. Right on. I mean, that all sounds great. I got some pretty nice weather over here. A little on the warm side, but... Yeah, otherwise it's feeling pretty good. James, how warm is it over there? Um, oh geez. Hang on, give me a second here. It is 81 degrees. 81 degrees, all right. It's uh, a classic 76 trombones over here. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's pretty ideal. A little on the you know, warm side for me. I'd call ideal like 72, 65 to 72. But I like it a little cooler. You know, let's split the difference. I say 69. Hang on. Can you say that again? 69. Ooh, that's the sex number. Well, I I mean, I've, I've been told, but I, I'm not really sure. Uh, you, what, what are you, what are you doing over there? What are you, what are you, what are you, you drinking something? You munching on something? What's happening? I'm drinking a, uh, Moosehead Canadian lager right now. It's all right. It's cheap. Tasty. That's what it needs to do. Tastes like beer. Uh, I heard Walgreens has just, uh, put out their $2.99 six pack. Their own brand. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like a generic brand sort of a thing. And I don't know how good it is, but I got to check that out. I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know where the nearest Walgreens is to me, but probably probably worth it for uh, two ninety nine six packs. I'd say so, but uh, but I cut you off, please. Oh, I was just gonna say I uh, got a new keyboard, um, musical keyboard. Say oh. um, uh, Native Instruments M thirty two. It's uh, thirty two mini keys. Um, now now tell me why. Tell me why I should be caring about this. Well, it's more the complications of it. It has all these like really nice uh, controls. I could do looping straight from the keyboard, um, things like that. I can control Ableton with it. But those uh, those guys at Apple, Steve Jobs, Ghost, and all, I can't update my operating system anymore. So I can literally only use it as a musical keyboard, and then I've got like you know the pitch bend and mod wheel. And that's about it. I've had so many things recently just starting to go a bit awry, including my desktop, including my phone, all these little bits of tech that are just planned obsolescence in a way. And it's starting yeah, I, to get really fucking annoying. My computer's pretty old. I mean, it's a Mac Mini from 2011, but it said you needed you know, at least this operating system to run the new one. And I tried to run the old one, and then it was like, you can't install this on this machine. You have to 
you know, upgrade to a previous version before you upgrade that version, and then that one didn't work. So this is my just, favorite thing about Max. I ran out of I ran out of options for updates, so I can't I can't do any updates because I you know missed out on one because I was afraid my software wouldn't work anymore, and now my software is not like not working anymore because of oh no updating. my. So my favorite like, thing is is to have some uh, plugin that is required, but I can't install the plugin because I don't have the correct operating system, and I can't update the operating system because my hardware is uh, a little bit too behind, and I can't update hardware because they don't make it for this computer anymore, that sort of a thing. And it's just this vicious cycle of just unpleasantness that is Mac. Yeah, well, I planned a bunch of uh, upgrades for my studio, but I was, I was clocked in at around like, you know, four or five hundred bucks to do some like major updates to hardware, and now I have to get a new computer. And at that rate, like, if I'm getting a new computer, I want it to run the, you know, the latest software too. So not only do I have to add a two thousand dollar computer to it, I also have to get like you know, $400 in updates as well. So, and on top of the hardware that I was already getting. So I'm like, you know, closing in close to like three grand now for upgrades. Absolutely. No, I mean, you're just reminding me about the, the recent announcement quite, quite a while ago now, but just to remind somebody, the, uh, the worldwide developers conference with Apple, they, uh, showed off their Mac pro, which I believe was six grand just by itself. Uh, and I think the oh, yeah. monitor, yeah, the they, monitor they, they, they was five start. grand. Well, the monitor alone is five grand and the stand, if you need a stand with it, you have to buy a stand separately and the stand alone is a thousand dollars. And that's just bonkers to me. I love new tech. I love pretty stuff, but God damn it. That's fucking insane. Yeah, it's, it's pretty weird because they did the Mac pro a few years ago and it was just like a little, like. It looked like a little tabletop wastebasket, and it was this super tiny thing. Yeah. And now they went back to like a larger tower, and it's got all of this weird upgradable stuff, but still, it doesn't really utilize like drives any more than anything else. It's definitely made thousands for, of dollars. Yeah, it's made for like a server type environment for sure, but the only ports it has on it are like Thunderbolt ports so you know hey, that's all you get... need when all you have is apple products yeah i mean they do make they make like audio interfaces and other things like third parties do that run on thunderbolt well but it's sure like but that's not the point the point is these well, computers mean... are crazy man i say this i say this and and you know you can quote me on this i don't want to spend a lot of money on computer that's not for me I will build, maybe. But the bottom line is, if you're charging thousands of dollars for a computer, guess what, pal? I'm not buying it, okay? Well, I mean, all of my all of Literally. my software is made to run on Mac, so I'm kind of stuck. Fine, whatever. But I probably won't buy another iPhone when I'm ready to upgrade that. It's just as as we're on a little tech subject, and, and and speaking of iPhone, can your iPhone do this? The other day, I lost my my uh, phone within the giant brewery that I work. I somehow misplaced it because I was all over the place having a manic episode. It was great. Then, uh, as as my phone's gone, I I couldn't figure out how to 
get to it. I couldn't find it. So I got onto somebody else's computer and logged into my Google account and hit a button that makes it so that my phone will make noise, no matter if it's on silent or not. It'll make it'll emit noise for five minutes straight so that I can try and find it. That is a really fantastic feature, I got to say. And I don't know if that goes for iPhone as well. Um, I you there is find my iPhone, but it's not as. Does it make a noise like a little alarm to show you where it is? Well, I mean, it's not as easy as just going into your Gmail account. Oh. I would have to go to my home computer, Ooh. and then it will give a location to it. Oh. And then you can make it ring, but it's just going to be the standard ring. But I think it will work if the phone's on silent. No, no, sir. This is a very loud like, noise, and like I can log in from anywhere. I can go on somebody else's phone if I want. That's one for Google up on the win column. Check. There. Yeah. I'm definitely doing an Android next. I'm just waiting for the phone I want to be available on a on a major carrier. You have to buy it on its own right now, and I want insurance. You, you know what? I got... I, we're gonna we're gonna get to some some stuff later, of course. But um, I was wondering to start things off. Let's start things off, going along with this the same uh, tech vibe that we have going on now. Uh, I, I I like to share a story. Can I share a story with you real quick? Yeah, go for it. Well, turns out that you can beat facial recognition, and the way to do that is to wear Juggalo face paint. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. So this is fantastic. The, the 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 great thing about this is that it's not just because your face is obscured with a couple different colors or something. The fact that you have such high contrast of white and black and it changes your, you know, with with this positive negative, it, it changes uh, the shape of your jawline in a way if you want. And uh, like most of these clown makeups do, ICP. But uh, whoop whoop. Hey, there we go. But it's 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 fantastic. It completely you cannot you are not recognized if you have high contrast colors or makeup, uh, preferably black and white, to uh, beat uh, facial recognition cameras if they're they're hanging out all over the place. So who knows in the uh, the near future if we just have what look like a bunch of juggalo gangs hanging out? Uh, turns out it's just a bunch of random people who don't want to be uh, recognized facially. I think it's going to go into. Um... You're going to have three factions. There's going to be people with juggalo makeup, people mm. with um, like black, black metal, metal corpse, corpse makeup. Face. Yeah. And then there will be people wearing like uh, Dia de los Muertos, like skeleton faces. I'd even go one further and uh, uh, big eyes, small mouth, anime style, uh, some sort of face paint thing going on there, some sort of cosplay yeah. face thing. Yes, which which, uh, which camp would you be in? Uh, probably corpse makeup, I would think. I go. think that's the, the easiest one for me to do at home. Um, hey, it's the, it's the closest to who I am as a person anyway. But I don't want anybody to think that we're not down with the clown either. So, And I'm not I saying don't... these are going to be warring factions. These are all just people who are trying not to get recognized by a camera. I don't think we... I don't think we need to start any, uh, you know, arguments over this, which is better. Some, it's I, would, I would, I want to say my, my black metal people would, uh, destroy in a fight against ICP juggalo guys. But I'm not to be honest, I don't to, think, no, 
I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna work though. I think that ICP is an unhinged, uh, or the fans of ICP are unhinged, uh, like they say, psychopaths. And I think they 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 might wreck shop pretty well. I'm not sure. That whole juggalo thing is just about family. I mean, I don't think there's. I'm sure there's violent people in that group. You know, but I've I'm... never. In, in my family, we've had one of these, but we never displayed it outright. We never displayed our hatchet outright. Of course, we had one in our garage or shed. But no. Do I have a, a character drawn on my body that is a clown holding an axe? I do not. I, I don't think you do. I don't. And I'm going to tell you this. I never will. But do you know what I have on my body? Other right. tattoos that don't reference Insane Clown Posse. And that's how I'm going to keep it. I have two whole tattoos that do not... What? You have a tattoo? Man. At least one of your tattoos is Courtney Love of the band Hole? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any tattoos representing a Courtney Love of the band Hole either. Hey man, if it makes you happy. And why the hell am I so sad? <laughs> Speaking of sad, one more thing, just just to add to these little extra stories. I don't I don't have much today. I want to get I want to get deep into what we're gonna we got you know what meat. what the, the yeah. meat of this trimming this fat. I want to trim this fat real quick. Now, uh, I am a person who is all for pornography. Mm-hmm. What I'm not for is pornography where somebody uh, is visually, you can, you can tell that they're either uncomfortable in a scene or whatever's happening, Some, something akin to that, as extreme as it can get. I, I cannot stand anything like that. Uh, it can completely turn me off. It will completely turn me off. So what I do like, though, is natural, regular sort of amateur people who are just doing it because they're loving just hanging out and having fun and you want to make a little bit of money on the side so you sign up for like a porn hub whatever you start making uh you start making bucks right that's great people enjoying themselves that's what i like the positivity that comes from sex that's that's what i get off on guys uh so recently uh while perusing a uh some video there was a uh an amateur production of a couple and uh about 15 seconds into it, there's a, a loud beep. And my and so I take off my headphones and I'm listening again. It's 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 my fire alarm. But or the smoke detector rather, but uh it stopped and I put the headphones back on. I hear the beep again. I rewind. I press play. The beep is within the video. These people have a 10-minute video of them having sex while the entire time, every 10 to 15 seconds, the smoke detector is going off, the smoke alarm is going off, as if it's run out of batteries, just... Yeah, yeah, all right, yes. I'm loving the sex right now. It will not, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. I, that was the most, things, you know, as I said before, things can take me out of porn, but I was surprised at the... How uh, the, turned the, on? <laughs> man when that high pitched screech just hits a certain you know it, it it just vibrates me perfectly and i just 
And now you uh, can't climax without putting dead batteries in your smoke. So board. don't ruin the ending of my story. What I'm trying to say is I had to buy a smoke detector and put in a, a dying battery and wait. I had to wait two weeks before the battery completely died out before it starts beeping. When that, And I'm telling you, when that first beep, like Pavlov's dog salivating at the mouth from a bell, my <laughs> penis became erect as the Washington Monument without the Trump supporters. And I... Yes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I guess the ending of your story. <sighs> well, it was. I mean, I guess it was. I mean, it's rather prophetic. If you look at my life and you you understand how I live, I mean, it's you could. It's a. It's an educated guess that you had. So I'm not. I'm not that upset. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was that was real fun. Anyway, um, James. Yes. You ready to dig into some meat, or do you wanna you wanna have an aperitif? Uh, uh, let's see. Let me check my notes here. What do we got? Um. Um. Yeah. I mean, let's get in. Let's get into some meat because there's a lot of it today. Okay. So just like porn. Uh. Speaking of watching stuff, huh? Segway? No. Good. Thank you. Let's talk about some new media that's out there. Now, this is something that is uh, amazing. I, I'm at a loss for words for the most part, and I don't know how I'm going to get so meaty with this, but but it's new media. It's, it's not television. It's not film. It's somewhere in between, and it is beautiful. This is Nicholas Winding Refn's Too Old to Die Young out on Amazon Prime right now. James... Have you been checking this out? Yes, I'm on episode three, and there are most of the time I'm only sure of about half of what's going on, and I'm pretty sure that's how it's supposed to go with the way it's. It just. Um, Let me tell you, that's another fantastic educated guess. Uh, you are correct. It starts unfolding later on, but yes, keep going. Okay, yeah, I see the beginnings of a bunch of different strings and. The whole thing is just filmed beautiful. And yeah, that was the impression that I got that things are going to, you know, come together over time. But man, this thing looks gorgeous. Uh, Cliff Martinez doing the uh, composition for it as well. It's, um, you know, at times the music is like really unnerving and kind of a horror movie sort of way. And then in other times, it's just this dumping electronic bass and heavy synths. It's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. Like every second of it. I have like a ritual when I watch it. Mm. I have to like close all the blinds in my living room so we yes. get no glare on the TV. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, all of that. You could see how dark all that darkness is. It's, That's the uh, thing, guys. If if you can get to uh, you know, let's say a 4K TV that somebody has with a good sound system, or or like what I what I like to do is I, I like to put these headphones on because, man, noise canceling headphones and just this this sheer magnitude of this stuff that Cliff Martinez is bringing out of the the and, and the sound design of the of the the show itself is incredible. Uh, 
but but yeah please the best visuals that you can the best sound that you can for this because it's uh it's huge guys uh it's unlike anything else that i've seen honestly yeah and it's it's so interesting when you look at the acting in it because there's not that much dialogue but like miles teller's character is just totally straight he's not he doesn't show any emotion on anything so you have no no idea where he stands like is he you know a good cop in a bad situation is he like the worst kind of cop it's very confusing whether he's just like you don't know if he's just uh conning everyone in the entire series or he's just like scared he doesn't there's like no he has no tell whatsoever and the character is almost like dull at times and it's 100 mm-hmm. percent how it should be because you know obviously he has like quite a bit of range and they're having him you know hold back as far as that yeah turn it back it, that's that's what's great about this the uh you know some might say his performance is wooden or robotic but i i right. think that's you know that that might be a, mis- a misnomer, be- just because of it, it is that sort of in between. It's it's complete nothingness, um, and and later as the show goes on, you you understand a little bit more why. But he is a broken person, pretty much, and, and just empty. And yeah, man, is that intense. And actually, let's just you know talking about him being a cop and stuff. Let's just real quick for those who don't know this this show while going into it knowing nothing will be the best way to go about watching this series um a a fair warning each episode is about an hour and a half long there are 10 of those episodes is around an hour and a half long or i'm sorry nine of those and the 10th episode being a little bit different but um it is a 13 hour film basically yes that is the most drawn out slow paced in the best possible way, laying, laying, like just lingering on colors and and just these these still almost motionless shots of these these one eighty degree sort of pans or these these pushes that go along the just 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 seeing a whole line of people standing while there's there's a, there's music in the club and this whole crowd of people are just standing still staring off into the distance and this camera just tracking every single one of them and just absorbing as much as it can so that you as the audience can just absorb every single tiny detail that's in every single bit of background and mise-en-scene it's 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 both like it's almost enraging how great this is how beautiful this is and the great thing is that it, it's it's horrific in its beauty, um, or the beauty is horrific rather, oh, but yeah, whatever, how, however you want to say it. But it's got this just fantastic pace and look and feel and aesthetic soundtrack, everything about this. And we're gonna we're gonna go into this deep. But like, if you guys haven't seen this and are interested. If you liked Drive in any way, Neon Demon, Only God Forgives, any of these films that Nick Reffin has done, this is a whole nother beast. Very similar, but so much more just, ah, man, it's huge, dude. I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm gushing over here. I can't, I can't stop. 
Yeah, it's it's really, really good. Like you were saying with those that club scene where the camera is just tracking or these panning shots, everybody is just doing something outside of every frame. Yes. And it moves over and it's just mundane things. People going on with their life, people being bored, you know. I'm, uh, I'm working on a project right now trying to make panoramas out of those long takes. Ooh. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it's like everybody on set is a part of it, no matter if the camera's on them or not. I feel like that's how this set went down because it doesn't feel like it is on a built set. You actually feel like you're in the room because you see so much of the room. And yeah. I think, yeah, any extras or you know any um you know auxiliary personnel in a scene i feel like they have to be just continuing continually doing everything that they're doing because they don't even know if they're going to be on camera or not i feel like the set was just the entire set was live all the time during filming this thing i i can guarantee i'm sure nick i i i know him by first name basis mr ref and i i call him nick um he is I guarantee on set saying, okay, everybody, um, the camera is going to be turning around and don't look into the camera, but do the things that you're supposed to do and just constantly be doing it. And the camera will come around and it'll be great. That was my terrible Nick Reffin impression. Mm -hmm. But uh, that guy has such a hold on every piece of his mind that he's putting out onto this canvas that is cinematic um that he is in so much control that everything becomes that much more real just because that everything is shown in any scene basically yeah and including that sound man that again i you know i can't go too far into this obviously finish it so we're gonna we're gonna come back to this once you finish it i'm sure but uh the the sound design in that not only are the visual breathtaking and and totally immersive but that sound just helps it out completely it's it's there there are sounds of that's at some point somebody got hurt real bad with their lungs and you can hear a crunching of them while they're while they're trying to breathe and stuff like that that's just it's so ugh, right on the nose exactly where it needs to be every aspect of this i'm sorry i'm talking too much about this <laughs> No, it's great. This is, I've, this is the meat. I've just been very excited for you to watch this. Uh, it, it's, again, unlike anything else, and a lot of people might not enjoy this, but if you have the time, and again, you you talking about that ritual, I've got that same thing. When, when I was doing this, uh, you know, I, I'd get everything ready. I'd have all the lights turned off. I threw my phone, you know, across the, the room. I'll have my headphones on, and I am just completely absorbed, uh, you know, maybe uh, partake in a little bit of marijuana and uh, do this very late at night too. So there's a, there's a delirium going on and to be completely hypnotized by this stuff. I mean, there, there's no other term other than hypnotic. This show is hypnotic and has nothing but the best hanging dread that I've ever felt in any piece of media. And, this is this is up at the top of my list. I think I I normally have a list of movies each year, and this is a thirteen-hour perfect 
little thing. Boy, howdy. <sighs> Do I hear your smoke alarm beeping? Oh, don't even start. Hold on. <laughs> uh. Oh, yep. There we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah. What? What? So, so you, you're, you're. How many episodes? You say three episodes. In? Three episodes in. Yes. Now, with your first impressions, th- this is, you know, a third of the way in. Let's say, with his first impressions of this first third, uh, how, how, how do you feel about this? What, do, what do you, what do you think is going to be happening? What, what are your, what are your first impressions, sort of, which is each one of these episodes, which are basically just you know, separate films themselves. Yeah, I, um, I just, the first trilogy, let's say. I just have to keep watching it. It's, mm. it's so good. Um, yeah, I have, Put like that I quote said, on the poster. I know it, it just feels so good. Yes. <laughs> that should be too there. old to die young. It just feels, it just feels so good. So good. Um, but no, the whole thing is, is great. It looks good. Sounds good. There's nothing, um, I'm not in a rush to like, oh, I need to find out what happens. I just want, exactly. to, I just want to live in this, in this film. Yeah. Completely absorbed by it. I, I had a friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours, um, who, uh, was, I talked to them about it and I finally got them to watch it. And about two days after I told them to watch it, they come back and are like, I hate the ending. And there are two things. First off, uh, I, at that point in time, I hadn't finished it yet because I like taking my time. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I want to make this last as long as it can. I'm about to rewatch this 13 hour thing, but he he's talking about the ending and, and I'm, and I'm saying, well, how, why would you watch it so quickly? Like that might be another example. Of, and, and, an example of uh, maybe you didn't under understand it as much. Maybe you didn't spend enough time with it. Maybe this guy didn't have a ritual of getting rid of distractions and trying to just be in it. You know, like right. And I and I and I'm telling this guy, it's like, hey, I just finished it. You know, the, a, a while ago, and I don't know. This is pretty great. I I agree with everything that's said in this. It's it's uh, again, it's something else, man. Yeah. It, Now what? Now how'd you feel when you were first watching that, and and the when the realization of just how slow this is? Uh, was there a point in time in that first episode where you said, "Okay, is this what it's going to be this whole time?" Was there any sort of surprise or or? Um, I think by the second scene, I was pretty, I was you know ready for the pace that it was going in. It was mm. that scene where it's like. Um, the uh the two police officers are pulling someone over and it just it's kind of this panning thing where the siren is in like the bottom corner of the shot so you just see the flashing and then the camera's just slowly moving out and then you see the the top of the police beacons and then it zooms all the way out to where these officers are both like half way up to walking towards the car and the camera was in front of them the whole time zooming back and just like one tracking shot from like you know what felt like behind the police car to 
you know, the the trunk of the car that they had pulled over. It was, you know, such an amazing shot that just for yeah, like, there's this for such a small area to be focused on at first and to see how far back the camera actually got was like. Like, That's oh, what's okay. great. They're, this they're... is going to be like, yeah, this is going to be very visual. <laughs> they open up with the background. It's a mural that's painted on the side of a bodega. And it pulls back and you start noticing a cop car. You see the lights that are flashing and reflecting off against everything. And it pulls further and further and it keeps pulling. And it's all one continuous take, basically. And you notice that the cops are right there next to the car. So you see the wall, the lights, the car, the cops. It keeps pulling back and pulling back. Then it shows a, you know, another perspective, which is inside a car with lights flashing on it. And it pulls back from that. And then it gets in the center of things. And it shows the distance between these two spots and, and how they're just completely across the street from one another. And 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 what's, what's this setting up? You know, it, it does this, that hanging dread. It doesn't tell you what's going on. It doesn't alert you to things that are going to be happening. It just... It, it really I want to I want to say it just bleeds it's as yeah. if the story you know in the most beautiful just gothic of ways like sort of this story is like blood spilling from somebody's abdomen there's it's just pouring out and it's but slow and viscous and it's it's nightmarish and hellish and it reminds me of so many different bits of uh of uh philosophy and you know there there is a nihilism there completely and there's there's just so much that it lets you know in the in that first those first couple shots Ugh. and it's again just drawn out that first scene is maybe five ten minutes and there's not very much dialogue and it's uh i'm just gonna have to keep uh just pushing myself away from this ah it's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch the rest of it. One episode at a time per day <laughs> to soak it all in. <laughs> Absolutely. It's you 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 are all the better. And I I know that this won't get recognition in any sort of academy, which is fine by me because I feel like they've been screwing things up anyway, uh recently, but this I hope this gets some recognition because I've seen a lot of negative stuff about this and everybody's got their own opinion. That's totally fine. But to hate something just because it doesn't make sense to you or to, you know, give something just a terrible rating because to you or there was a misunderstanding, whatever it might be, it's like, Hey, this isn't for me. There's plenty of movies where I could say, it's not a terrible movie. It's just, it's just not for me. I get it. I get what they're doing, but I don't care for it. That's totally different, but I hope people are more on that sort of with, with, with their uh, criticisms. I hope people are more on that side of the fence of yeah. I don't understand this versus some things that I've read recently where it's just completely tearing it apart and trashing it, which is like, all right, just just wait a few years and everybody's going to be kicking themselves. I feel. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it reminds me a lot um, how I felt watching the first True Detective, just completely different mm. pacing, and I get that feeling for longer, because it's a much longer and drawn-out thing, and yeah, 
yeah, sure, there were some great shots in True Detective, but this is like, I mean, I have been watching it on 4K. It's it looks amazing. I even did oh, like yeah. a comparison thing, and the 4K is like, it's just so rich, and all the colors are deeper, and the, the all the black is deeper, and yeah, this this especially talk about black the 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 night in this when when there is pure nothingness within certain pieces of a shot it is nothing it is pure black it's perfect it's noir uh and then when there's when there's no when it when there's silence there is absolute silence and for long stretches of time too sometimes and it's it's just i th- these are risks that were taken that are so so well done again and the uh speaking of the cinematography and and the coloring and stuff that they use this is the same uh uh this is the same cinematographer who did david fincher's seven. Oh, okay uh, and also actually oh i didn't know this part to to bring back the the previous episode of us talking about tom york's uh anima yeah. Same cinematographer. Oh. As Too Old to Die okay. Young. This is a uh, Darius Kanji. He's uh Okay. He's got some stuff in his back pocket, buddy. Yeah. This, this yeah, looks like somebody to watch out for. Oh, he did funny games as well. The uh the I, remake. I haven't seen that. That's fantastic. Oh gosh. Okay. He did Panic Room as well. Get out of here. This is I gotta, I gotta go back and look at some of this guy's work. Holy cow! Yeah, I was surprised to find out how much Cliff Martinez did. Like every great um, Steven Soderbergh thing was also him. Duh. Okay, was... uh, one more thing. I'm sorry. It's it, he also did the cinematography for Alien Resurrection, which I don't care what anybody says. I'm a fan of that flick. Yeah. Jean Pierre yeah. Jeunet directing. Come on. I mean, we're gonna. We'll have a whole conversation about the Alien series and my opinions on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, I'll save it. No, I'll I'll spare our audience for a little while before I get... Um, Absolutely. But no, um, like Cliff Martinez, I found out he did oh, please, yeah. a ton of stuff. Um, he did the... Uh, he did the music for Game Night, which I thought was just <laughs> like when I when I saw the trailers for it, I thought it was just like a dumb um just like kind of dark comedy, like, you know, one of those just kind of throwaway comedies that, you know, yeah. show up that you know you never really hear about again. That's forgettable just like thing. Quick run in theaters and then no one knows about it. But yeah, but I saw this, there was this poster for it, and it was, like, this weird, like, M.C. Escher sort of, like, uh, Art Deco kind of printed uh, maze surrounding this house. And I was thinking, like, wait, is this a legitimate, like, you know, kind of weird horror movie yeah. with some bits of comedy in it? Because uh, especially Cliff Martinez doing the soundtrack, too. So I'm definitely going to check it out because it seemed just so... Um, you know, just not anything that I would be interested in based on the trailers. And I feel like trailers ruin a lot of things. No, every everything involved uh, in that Game Night movie, 
is is very very well done there is an art to every uh technical aspect of this and talk about cinematography oh you've seen it (laughs) oh i've seen it this is the this is the best uh hold on i'm 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 reading about cliff martinez right here and getting way too and i'm so sorry uh that has the that's the best shot comedy that i can think of uh, in a in a very long time, it's crazy. And there's, I have no idea. there's no need for it, but it doesn't become gratuitous. It's crazy, huh? But I will say this: so, so you were, were were you just saying that Cliff Martinez did soundtracks for Soderbergh stuff? Yeah, I mean, most because notably, I didn't know that. I'm looking at this now. Yeah, most notably the Nick, um, which I mean, no oh, surprise yeah, there. Baby. But he also did Traffic and Narc and the Solaris. Yeah, Solaris, Contagion, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, one of his first ones. There's yeah. the Limey as well. He I also didn't know uh, worked on the soundtrack of uh, Spring Breakers as well. It's pretty. It was fun. like a, that was like him and Skrillex, like a you know a joint effort for that. Which is, yeah, the music in that movie is you know very strange and you know, fits the weirdness of it perfectly. Like I've never seen. I don't think we'll ever see a scene as well paired with a Skrillex song than the opening to Spring Breakers. <laughs> sure. It's just the music is so over the top and all the shots are ridiculous too that it's like you really, all these people just partying on the beach, you just like get this like just overwhelming feeling of like, this isn't anywhere I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I I will so say that my, my favorite Skrillex album is uh, Dear Diary, My Teen Angst Has a Body Count. Uh, that's, a, that's a deep <laughs> reference for you guys out there, if you want to dig. Another thing that I could talk about, I mean, I think a general rule of thumb on this show that we don't really want to, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to complain too much or say oh, sure. that, no, no, like, no. something is bad. I'd rather just talk about, like, um you know how much we like certain things um and not be so negative but i gotta i gotta bring it up because i i just have to bring this up hit me with it the new season of stranger things i'm not feeling it so much it's um you know it's good but i'm about four episodes in now and it's just turning into they're just taking from like two of my favorite horror movies and not blending it with anything else. So it's not, um, I mean, the storylines are kind of split up because characters are Mm -hmm. split, but it's just like the thing and all of Eleven's visions are pulled directly from scenes in under the skin. What a, I just, come on. It's literally the scenes of under the skin, like all the blackness with the water on the floor even a scene where like someone got pulled down underneath the water and it was just it was just so um like directly derivative that it doesn't it doesn't really add anything to the show they could have come up with another way to represent that Um, but it's just because it's so directly taken from under the skin that's all I can think about. And it pulls me out anyway. So it would have been better to just do like what they did in the first season where it was just like, you know, cloudy or like just blackness, like things like that. But adding in like those watery scenes and then the like long dragged out shots, like 
No, it well, would have been well, better if it was just blackness, and then you know they did it more in the first season, but now it's just like directly taken from under the skin, and that wasn't even that long ago. The movie came out in 2014. It's and it feels like they're they're playing they're they're showing a lot of stuff, uh, you know. And when you when you show too much, when you reveal too much, then it's not as scary. You know, the unknown is what's really scary, and I feel as if you're yeah. you're saying that they're they're adding a little bit too much into there. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, the thing is fine because that was like when the movie in the 80s came out, it was like the third or fourth adaptation of that story anyway. So like you know, the idea of this monster that's like an amalgamation of everything that it controlled is not. Yeah, it wasn't an original idea with the, the original thing movie in the 80s because that was already had been made into a film at least twice before. But the but, visceral way that it was it was tackled right yeah the more that straight up kind of body horror thing which honestly their cgi looks great they're doing a great job with it but nothing is quite as scary as that all that practical like goo and all of that in, in the original thing well i want to backpedal for two seconds here and, and talk about under the skin real quick just because yes. you know especially if if with stranger things uh and i'll say this for stranger things i haven't watched it yet and it's been out for a week now and that normally is too long where it's like you haven't watched this yet i don't really have a huge want to watch it necessarily but um it feels as if it's like we were talking about the other uh, the you know the last time where we were talking about um or a couple couple of episodes ago when we were talking about the 80s um and how they're saccharine and sort of uh i i feel stranger things has been doing that recently which is uh, really laying into that heavy, heavy nostalgia, like yeah, pop is, culture nostalgia. Yeah, Stranger Things is doing exactly what we, you know, for, That's bananas. for lack of a better word, warning about in the last episode. I I love that that's happening. A couple Perfect. episodes back, but yeah, it was... No. If, you, if you're going to take from a, a film, especially a perfect film like Under the Skin... Which, like, let's even just stop talking about Stranger Things and stop promoting that as much as Under the Skin. Sure. Talk I mean, about Things drawn out. Is, I just want to say that Stranger Things overall is fine. I just, like... For, oh, it's fine. For something, you know, for something to take... Take from something so big and Under the Skin and a very, like, um... You know, um, a very specific part of that movie that was original at that time Mm -hmm. to just directly pull that off. It throws me out of what they're trying to make. And if you haven't seen Under the Skin, then I guess it doesn't really matter. And you probably think it's, you know, really cool, (laughs) as amazing as I thought those scenes were in Under the Skin, because, you know, it is. But I, you know, anybody who watches Stranger Things watch you know, watch the thing and under the skin with, with this new season. Just if you haven't seen them, Take a go, stab on, at go it. and watch them. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if within 20 minutes you don't care for it, fine, you can turn it off, but give it, give it a try. Yeah. I just want that the original art to be, um, you know, be respected to the point where it's like, you know, everybody knows that that's where that came from. And I think the, <laughs> the show can be, you know, still enjoyable with that, but I just I worry that people are going to have this thing like, you know, 15 years down the road where everybody's talking about how great under the skin is. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's like those scenes from Stranger Things. That's what I'm worried about. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when 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 there's a a post talking about, 
oh man, Under the Skin is so underrated within five years or something like that. I, yeah. I missed this. Yeah. Uh, I want people to I mean, be into it now. People should have yeah. been. I've been into it since it first came out. I saw it in theaters and I, I was completely blown away. I uh, I got a copy of that and watched it and I had no idea what to expect because I, I've been trying to do this thing recently where if uh, if there's a trailer and halfway through the trailer I'm digging it, I just try and turn off the trailer because mm. if I know that I'm going to see this thing or if I know that I'm interested enough that I'll see it. I don't need to watch any more trailer for it. A trailer cannot uh, be any more effective. Yeah, well, here, here's the thing with with Under the Skin, it it doesn't let you know anything at all, nothing. It just shows you visuals, and those visuals get me so amped. And uh, just to let you know, a little trivia here: Jonathan Glazer, the director, he directed uh-huh. Jamiroquai's. He directed Jamiroquai's virtual insanity. Yes. <laughs> what I, more is to be said? And that's when I knew it was going to be one of my favorite movies of all time because that is still the best music video ever made and i just when i was eight years old i was like i wonder if this guy made a movie and then he finally did when i was like you know 24 25 <laughs> yeah no it's uh, you know for for those who haven't seen it it's um there's nothing that i can say to describe it uh, it, it, it's an experience. It's purely cinematic, unlike anything else. If anything, this is very similar to Too Old to Die Young. It is. It's. It's also kind of drawn out, and it has unbelievably breathtaking visuals. And the soundtrack by Mika Levy from Mikachu and the Shapes. This person has killed it. This is the most creepy, but also genuine and soft and curious. It, it's the perfect soundtrack for this film. And uh, my God, dude, I, I, I can't recommend this movie enough. But but do you, do you know how they do you know how they filmed this movie? Do you know how they how they produce or how, how they uh, shot it? Yes. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson was in a you know, Ford Transit like commercial van and drove yeah. around Scotland picking up random people and asking them for rides and then. You know, essentially interviewing them in with hidden cameras in the car. They the the, yeah. the people who she's picking up have no idea that they're thing. At the time of the you know the interviewing process in the car, they did not know they were on film. Yeah. Um. And then you know later they. Well, know, don't give anything away. No, but later when they drop them off, then they're like, "Hey, you're in this movie," kind of thing, and then went. Oh yes, there. exactly. So oh yeah, they, they had a, they had the whole crew sitting in the back of this giant truck, so that if anything bad happened, they could pop out and handle business or whatever. Right. Uh, but but the fact that yeah, they have these hidden cameras, and you know, for the people who I, I'm guessing a couple of people recognize Scarlett Johansson, they couldn't use that footage or whatever. But yeah, these right. these unassuming people just staring at this gorgeous woman, and that being caught on film, and you get a real. It's not acting. There's this leering that goes on and it's it's so uncomfortable and there's nothing that can comfort you in this movie well it's also with the uh without to give too much away of the movie it's a reversal of that thing of you know this like murderous trucker picking picking women up off the road it's like a reversal of that that you know they think Uh, they're the ones in power um after being picked up because it's you know a woman in the driver's seat I don't know if this has been termed before, but I'm I'm gonna take this right now and claim it as my known. Uh, I'm gonna call this movie Art House Grindhouse. 
just because of that sense of something completely, totally different, independent filmmaking that's at the very edges of sanity. There's, there's, it's uncomfortable. It's at times extremely violent. It's shocking. Uh, you know, I feel like this, this really kind of sums up this and Tool to Die Young. Any, any sort of Refn stuff like, you know, Neon Demon from Refn is is one of the movies that are suggested on imdb when you're looking at under the skin and that's another what i think is just a perfect fucking movie which is beautiful and and it sounds incredible and it is just unlike anything else and neon demon didn't get a great reception and i have like you know friends that are you know huge uh nick reffin fans that didn't like it when it first came out and I didn't know how to feel when I first watched it. And then I watched it again Same. a few months ago. And I was like, this is great. It's fantastic. I felt like I did Refn wrong. I like I felt like I fucked him over in some way by not understanding this stuff until much later. And then looking back and being like, oh, shit. Okay, this is absolutely incredible work. Yeah, like I feel like Drive was his most accessible movie to kind of lure people in. That it's like, hey, if you like the style, I'm gonna make a whole bunch of other things like it. I yeah, I'd but say that's gonna... his his uh, accessible action movie. Yeah, and you'd have to um, you'd have to really want to see more because it's just gonna get deeper and deeper. And, you know, at times more tedious. But I mean, I love I love uh, viewings that I have to work on to to enjoy that like honestly you know it keeps pushing me further into you know getting me to a place where like i've seen nothing that i've seen before i mean i feel like paul thomas anderson does that as well with the pace Mm -hmm. movie that it's three hours long but you're watching like a couple years of someone's life it's it's a truly cinema at its core the best cinema is a experience and it's a it's a sense of practice for understanding things, I feel, for the most part. I, I feel like right. cinema at its core is an experience that helps us grow. Uh, and, and you know, just, just work your mind out. So it's like, oh, man, I just I couldn't wrap my head around this thing, but I had to watch it again. And then now I understand it more. And it just, you know, it can open you up to so many other things. Yeah. And, Again, I understand people's opinions of which movies are great for them and which ones aren't, but man, some of these things I really wish, like, I just want to shake people sometimes and be like, no, it's that good, you know, but I can't, I can't force anybody to like some of this stuff. No, and you shouldn't because it's ours. There we go. So I'd say this art house, grindhouse stuff. Refn is, is perfect for it because I drive is like an action flick of his, the most accessible thing probably that he's made. Only God forgives. Next is is a uh, is his western. I want to say right, right. Neon Neon Demon is a horror thriller, body horror type of thing going on. This is beautiful stuff, and 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 I feel like too old to die young. If going along with this sort of genre take, too young to die, too old to die young must be his Godfather Part One and Two, or like his Once Upon a Time in America sort of just big epic, long drawn out millions of people involved in it sort of story that that at its core at at the root of it is is simple morals and philosophy that we've been talking about for hundreds of years yeah like distilled into this slow moving 
even paced, gorgeous, perfect piece. Yeah, but uh, that reminds me what you said about, you know, having this playing on a wall. Uh, it reminds me of what I said about Anima, that mm. it feels like this thing that would play on a loop in a room in an art gallery. And I could totally see, you know, some of these shots in Too Old to Die Young having their roots in like a, um, you know, an exhibit with lighting or something like that in an art gallery. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah just like one loop of this like panning of this room and you're seeing like you know all of these people doing different things you know if it's whether it's like um you know someone dancing in one corner of the bar and then like it's over and it's two guys like looking at her and then there's another person just like buried in their phone and another person who looks insanely bored and then there's like you know a couple fighting at the other edge of the bar and it's like that could just be i could see that being on loop in like a art gallery thing this kind of panoramic shot like that and oh yeah whole show feels like that like yeah i would want i to, wish i could rem i'm sorry I, I was just gonna say i would love to just have like you know get my projector out and just project this on a wall like at a party it's just these like just many walls covered with these like amazing tracking shots with all this lighting. Yeah. If, I mean, if, if some, I hope at some point, some people who are better at this than I am, uh, could make like an animated cinemagraph for that, you know, where, where a lot of it is, is just one still picture, but like lights that are streaming or moving or like that would be really fun to have. Yeah. Yeah. And that also reminds me, um, I know we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but this vaporwave thing, starting with like, um, you know, the original uh, Suspiria, that same kind of like lots of blues and reds and yeah. you know, washed out colors, people's faces washed out. Um, that was on Technicolor, of course. So everything was just like super rich and oversaturated and, you know, washed out at times. And this seems like the the kind of new wave of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's my favorite. It's my favorite look to film, you know? You know, for all of those, those of you who haven't seen these things or have and, and want to tell us how much you hate them, uh, please let us know at insidejerks at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, too, because, we, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we're into. This is the kind of stuff that we're looking for. If you got music, anything, let us know, please. Uh, I'd love to have, uh, have a little back and forth here with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I've um, spoke with a few people online. Yeah, we're going to bring them in if they have, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a story about, um, you know, how... Uh, know psychedelic changed your life or uh, you know if you have any you know any other like kind of deeper stuff that you want to talk about or oh yeah you no know, yeah film or music i definitely want to guest on here at some uh but yeah you can email us at uh, inside jerks at gmail.com you can also reach us on twitter at inside jerks pod and shoot us a dm yeah, hey, and also uh, freshly uh, instagram yeah, you can uh, throw up a discussion on Twitter or, you know, send us a link through a direct message. Um, 
yeah let's let's talk so i think it's about time for two for two hey all right what have you got well i wanted to start with an author it's uh, eugene thacker uh most notably his horror philosophy say mm-hmm. kind of tour of different philosophies via horror movie tropes and the uh first book, ah. one that i'm on is uh all about nihilism and uh yeah, just uh, different horror situations coming down to um, stereotyped characters. I mean, it's dense. You know, this thing reads like a philosophy yeah. book. So it's more going over, um, you know, types of characters and what their general philosophy of nihilism is. But it's it's basically like the, you know, it's like the world is ending. In terms of like a horror yeah. movie, it's like you know you're gonna die, and it's just um, you know what what different situations in horror movies say about our you know current state of living. See, I like that. I I, I like that idea of well, I'm gonna die anyway, so might as well you know do my best to try and survive right now, or to try and save other people. Let's say right, yeah. Especially when you get down to you know in like a. Uh, slasher movie situation you know you you're like down an arm it's like well you know either we're both dead or i'll make sure you're saved something yeah no i mean we look we're all gonna die we all need to just accept that and move on and understand that yeah nothing really matters when it really comes down to it i mean you're this, this is a video game that you live in uh again we could argue all over the place about the the, the fact that this might may, might be a simulation this life of ours but We'll definitely be talking later about that. Uh, absolutely. But but you are, this is a video game. You're trying to get to that next level, right? You're trying to get a one-up. You, you, there's no ways of uh, getting extra lives or anything, you know? But uh, your goal is to make it to the end of the game. That's life. Get to the end of it. Do as best as you can. You want to get the highest score that you can. You want to have the most achievements. And it's not because you just want that stuff. It's so that you can look back on things and be like, man, that game was really fucking fun because I tried a lot of different things that I normally don't do in a game. This is your life, man. Everybody, wake the fuck up. Let's go. It's not, it's, it, 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 nothing matters, so do everything. Yeah, and that kind of brings me to, uh, yeah, one of his other books. It's kind of a, uh, you know, it's a smaller one. You can you know, more or less read it in, the, in a day. Like I said, it reads like mm-hmm. a philosophy text, so, you know, expect to spend at least double the amount of time on it um but it's called cosmic pessimism and that's exactly what it's talking about you now we're gonna nice now we're gonna die anyway and you might as well you know do your best to you know be better for yourself every day that's really the the bottom line because it, it yeah truly doesn't matter so why not why not try because look, fake it till you make it. If if you're not having a great day, fake a smile because your body starts recognizing that your muscles are moving in that way of smiling and, and it, you kind of trick your body into feeling a little bit better. It doesn't work every single time. Of course not. But it's a, it's a nice little trick every once in a while that works. And along with that is is that sense of, well, if, if you're spreading you know goodness to other people, if you're walking around your daily life and you're like an asshole and just treating people like shit, you're going to get that back and you're going to feed into that own energy. If, you know, instead, how about try just, you know, an extra little tiny effort just to make somebody's day good. And dude, you're changing their life almost sometimes. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be spreading this sort of positivity and, and 
like like Lynch said about Denise, you know, open your hearts or die. Uh, right. It, this is truly what 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 is the uh, that's the meaning of life, right there. Just make it just make it better for yourself, make it better for everybody else, and it starts working. Take yourself out of negative situations. Get yourself away from negative people as much as you can, as much as you have control over. And also, and don't, and... don't let negative situations, you know, affect you so deeply, you know. Just push through Absolutely it. Absolutely not. Because sometimes and, and hey, we work with people we don't want to work with, you know. That's, that's bound to happen, and that's how you learn to, you know, work with anybody. It again, it's it's practice makes perfect sort of a thing. It's it's just try to do your best, and at some point you'll get right. pretty high up. You might not get to exactly where you want to be, or, you know, these are also just words that are being spewed at you, saying like, "Hey, just get rid of a negative situation." Of course, right. it's not that easy. This is these are all long, arduous, gross roads to take, but it only makes you stronger towards the end of things. So, all I say is for everybody out there, if there's just just. Just have that thought in your head, in the back of your head. Just be thinking about that because it's uh, it makes everything a lot easier. In the words of Bill Hicks, this is all hmm. just a ride. There we go. And I'll and I'll say this: there's there's a documentary out uh, on Netflix about Bill Murray. And I want to say it's called The Dow of Bill Murray, but it's probably not something else. You'll find it out there. But at some point, they were showing clips from all his different movies, and and they're talking about this 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 ism this bill murray just don't give a fuck sort of a thing in the best sort of way and they showed clips from meatballs which i had never seen but the speech that he's given to these kids which makes me want to watch this movie now is just him saying like look it just doesn't matter yeah we're gonna lose this game and no the girls aren't gonna like you but it just doesn't matter so let's get out there and just do what we gotta do because you know what fuck it basically and that's incredible to hear so be like Bill. I've also got a book, yeah, and it's also about ways that, let's say that brains work to, to make it rather broad. This book is called Strange Brains and Genius uh, by Clifford A. Pickover, and this is The Secret Lives of Eccentric Scientists and Madmen. Now, I can't for the life of me remember how I heard about this. I do want to say it was on Conan Needs a Friend or something that I was listening to that somebody brought this up. But what I got to say is, it is absolutely fascinating. I it's 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 the greatest definition of can't put this book down sort of. The greatest example of this just because it just goes in depth of the creative process along with the scientific process and how those things are intertwined. And just to to give you an example of what this what this feels like, there are these perfect quotes at the beginning. Uh you know, here's a quote from Aristotle saying no great genius is without some mixture of insanity. That alone makes me feel so much better and feel like I'm not just a crazy person. That this is this is all this is all for something, whether it, whether it actually come out in the wash or not. But you know, it also says the brain is a three pound mass you can hold in your hand that can conceive of a universe a hundred billion light years across. That's Marion Diamond saying that. That's that's one of these these examples of nothing matters. Like we are we are the tiniest speck of a speck of a speck of dust in in this universe like it, it nothing matters so so basically what i'm saying with this book is <laughs> it's talking about scientists and philosophers and stuff the, these people who back then you would have called absolutely insane like 
Right. Uh, they they mention things like, look, we're we're talking about the brain here and how important the brain is, but back when we were really starting to cut open bodies and stuff, we didn't pay it too much attention because it was just this gray lump in our head. We wanted to know how we were able to pee pee, and we wanted to figure out like how all that stuff works out, uh, and and musculature and how I can press a, a a cord and make a finger move. That's that's more exciting than this lump of nothingness that we thought was there and and now understanding that these neurons and and fibers just i mean who knows that if any of this stuff outside of our our physical body is real you know like that could be all it's just the brain is crazy and this book has caught my attention immediately and i think it's going to be the first book that i'm going to finish within i don't know it's been like a year or something since i read my last book i'm not a big book guy yeah i'm trying and this is something that's catching my attention yeah, you've got my attention. I mean, I mostly read philosophy stuff, so that sounds up my alley. Well, if you say the magic word, maybe I'll let you borrow it. Maybe I'll think about saying that. All right. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I've got... Uh, Wait, let me, do, is, let, me, is... let me do my second one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. We're taking turns. Yeah, I know. I forgot. I got excited. No worries. I'm just excited to talk about what I have to talk about. What's your number two? Give me your give me your number two. Give it right to me. Drop it on me. Give me your number two. My number two is the 1979 album by magazine called Real Life. It's um, kind of post-punk, kind of a precursor to uh, New Wave, and just... From start to finish, it's an amazing album. It has elements of, um, you know, it kind of feels like can at sometimes, and then it's also oh, yes. like got these like kind of Gary Newman like sounds to it, as well as just having like thumping bass because it is, you know, it's a full band. They just have one keyboardist, so it's not mm-hmm. you know, directly electronic. But man, like just the the grooves in this album, start to finish, it's amazing. So go check that out. Um, we're gonna you say magazine what's the album name real life yeah and from the opening track on it's just an amazing album uh we'll be linking to the, the opening track on the album that's called definitive gaze but give that a listen and i'm sure you'll be hooked on the rest of the album and how definitive about you? gaze you like well i i just wanted real quickly was it definitive gaze like uh harvey milk and uh john waters and no uh, uh g-a-z-e like a look. Ah. Oh, the look. Uh, well, my my second thing. Uh, the Leftovers. It's a television show that's fantastic from HBO. And it is something that has completely overwhelmed me. Because here's a show that, you know, the, 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 the gist of it is this. 2% of the population or something, millions of people disappear at the exact same time this one day nobody knows why and everything gets confused and topsy-turvy the world is turned upside down because the effects on what religion means on what family means all these things are are tackled and dealt with in in the most creative of ways this this idea of this world that is completely turned upside down it is something where after the first season you still have no idea what's going on and it feels great. It is just a, a, 
a huge mix of emotions and well-done acting and the music by Max Richter is nuts. And I can't stop. Like these tunes are just in my head all the time. And you've got Justin Thoreau as the main person on here. And this guy playing the uh, detective Garvey is the biggest hunk I've seen on TV in a long time. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that lightly. Let me just say, let, let me let me just say this. This show, ah, no, I'm not going to say anything, guys. The leftovers. I have one season to go, but I'm waiting to start it with a buddy of mine on this side of town so that we can watch it together. Because this is the how important this has become to us. It's only three seasons. God, dude, this this show. I I, I don't even want to say anything else. If you have HBO Now or HBO Go or you have access to somebody's password, whatever it is, check this out. Hey, torrent things. All right, let me get this out there. Be a pirate. Torrent things. Make sure that you're using a VPN, but torrent things, guys. This is what the internet is fucking for, and just because there are rules out there saying that you're not supposed... Who made up those rules? Who cares? Download anything you need out there. It only makes your brain better, healthier, virile. But also support artists. But also... Well, of course. Support artists. I'm not... Hey... When these people are getting paid billions of dollars to be making this sort of stuff, download it. If it's an album, download it, sure. But hey, why not spend 10 bucks and give somebody 10 bucks and you download it from Bandcamp? Come on, guys. It's easy. I uh, just wanted so to do a saying. couple shouts out to the, um, the Bug Nation family. There are so many of you. I'm going to uh, some things in the description. Um, it's a long list now. Um, but yeah, we have, uh, it's going to all be in the episode description so I can stop talking. I got way too stoned just now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you're, you're leaving that in. All right. So guys, fucking high. <laughs> well guys, so if you want to check out all your names, Hey, go look at your names. It's, it's even better now. It's written down somewhere. It's like yeah, internet all, ink. Anybody that I'm shouting at. Uh, probably already <laughs> so you know who you are anyway, baby buzz buzz all right yeah and how about you do you have anything to uh shout out uh nope eh, <laughs> i got one uh this is a little promo here nobody's paying me but i gotta say every once in a while hey this is this is this is Taylor's likes. This is a Taylor corner, all right? Every once in a while, there's a little product that might just blow my mind, all right? Whether it be finally understanding, hey, I can use a shaker bottle and have a real easy breakfast. Or things like, hey, let me use a soft uh, uh, tape measure, right? So I can I can find clothing that fits me real well. Or, or you know, dumb things like uh, maca root or nootropic uh, supplements, these things that are making my life just that much better. Well, today, I got one of those things, and that thing is toilet paper spray. Now you're wondering, uh, what's 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 a luxury that pe- most people don't have, but everybody should have? I'd say f- flushable wipes. Would you say the same thing, James? Yes, I would. Well, here's some bad news. Unfortunately, almost all of those quote-unquote flushable wipes are not, are not flushable. flushable. And it depends, you know, if you've got a septic tank, it's not going to work there. If you've got older pipes or you're in an older building, that's not going to work there. Even if you're in a newer building, some of the it just doesn't work, guys. But 
the luxury of having everything clean, sparkly, shining, that's a great thing. So, so what can we do instead? Well, here's where toilet paper spray comes in. Many brands out there, all of them are relatively the same. Just do your research, find the best price for the best quality, but it's all natural shit. And it's a little spray that you spray onto your toilet paper. You make it into a, a wet paper. Okay? Simple as that. Yeah, tee-hee, toilets, all right? But here's the thing. Not only does it make your butt feel good, but then, and you're clean, but then, uh, you know, you're also saving the environment. And yeah, sure, it's, it might be four bucks uh, more than a pack of 200 wipes or something, but that's worth it to help out, you know, your, your community and what's around you and shit. Come on, guys, spread that positivity. That's, that's, hopefully... that's all I got. Hopefully we can raise enough money from that endorsement for me to get a bidet. Ah, well, I found something recently that you can install in your own toilet, James. Oh, I know. I've been looking at them. Not only are you thinking about those fantastic Japanese toilet seats that are heated and have a bidet and everything, but... Here's another thing that I found, and this might get a little bit graphic, guys, so be careful. But you can install a little shower nozzle into your existing toilet, right? So you're getting clean water sprayed out. You can spray it on your butt like a classic bidet. Or let's say this. Everybody likes to keep trim a little bit here and there, but what do you do with all those pubes? Don't put them down the drain. They're going to get stuck. So instead, maybe you want to trim over the toilet seat. Then you use this little spray washer. You just spray everything down. It goes down. Huh? Guys, hygiene is great. Don't be afraid of it. Try new stuff. Moisturize your body. That's something very new that I just figured out, which has helped me, and I've never done it before, and now it's the best. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, everybody, just take some extra time to settle down, relax, give yourself a little bit of lotion, have a little bit of sparkling water, a little teaser of a little bit of lime, maybe, you know? Get a little toot on one of those vapes for you, and just lean back in front of the fan, and just let your body just, oh, guys, it'll change you. <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up. There you go. 